could have seen no purpose in prayer. It looked like it's a one-way street, but it's not. It's two-way streets. Somebody's on the other end of the line. The reason why you don't hear them is very courteous. You don't interfere when you're talking. Two of you can't talk at the same time. And he's the, he's the best listener in the whole world. Amen. He told the prophets, told those people, I heard you. I heard you. Well, why are you not speaking back? You no, know, I'm listening to what you're saying. And when you're done, amen. And I just work at this kind of philosophy. Philo uh, is, is, is and, and philosophy has to do with knowledge. The love of knowledge is what philosophy means. The love of knowledge. And this church needs to have a knowledge. A knowledge of what we believe. Believe it or not, if we were to censor a lot of people and ask, what is the philosophy of your church? They could not tell. They said, what do you mean? What do you mean? But as a family, you have a philosophy in your, in your home. You may not articulate it, but you live it. Amen. And that philosophy governs how you live. It governs how you succeed or regress or stagnate. But that philosophy is what you always go back to on a circumstance. And, you know, with those iPhones, I was looking at it, and and I see on my phone, my friend from uh, the state sent me this thing about Israel, and uh, he sent me a little glitcher and says, tag in. So I tag in. And I saw something that really impressed me. Israel could sit there and be afraid of her enemies, but she's not. They developed an airplane. I couldn't believe my eyes. Hold over 400 people in there. Big jumbo jet. And they'll show you the enemy with a bazooka. You know a bazooka? Shoulder gun. You can shoot plane, shoot plane down. And the guy just run by the airport and wait for the plane to take off. And he times it. And just about, when it's about midway in the sky, you shoot that thing at it. And the rockets go right for the plane. But listen to this. Well, the airplane is playing a music as it takes off. And you hear you don't hear the music but the outside is being played. The music is being outside. And that music, believe it or not, is actually a sensor that can sense a missile. When that music hear that missile, it locks onto it. And then send out a ray like a Star Wars and and divert a thing away and blow it up away from the plane. And they showed how the four hundred passengers and the crew have no idea what just took place. They're putting on their pillows and getting ready to travel and there's a plane coming and the stick out of them to knock them down. They have no idea that that music saved their life. Prayer is like music. When you're praying and the adversary send that missile, that sound going up, amen, have a laser inside of it and it just sends out, amen, a, a light beam that hit that thing, divert it, and you would never know you were under attack. 
Let us praise the Lord. You would never know. Now, now I wish I was te- preaching this, but the, I want to mention it to you. But we need to have a philosophy in life. I have one. I have one that keeps me going, no matter what happens in the world. And number one it says, stand tall in tough times. Stand tall in tough times. The whole goal of my walk with God is to always turn, and God wants me to do this, turn my obstacles into opportunities. 24-7. God wants me to set always realistic expectations. Expectations I'm willing to fight for. God always wants me to surround myself with like-minded people. I'm sorry, you know, some people you shake their hand, but don't hang around them. You learn very quickly. Some folks you just don't hang around because they're going to pull you down. But surround yourself with like-mindedness and always exceed this customers' expectations. That's not the job. My boss always said to me, "You work way outside of your requirements." Eventually, you transfer it to tech services. You don't belong here. You belong over there. But, you know, I felt when you go beyond the call of duty, when it comes time to cut people off, you will remain. <laughs> you will remain because of the, the principle that you live by. Be different if you plan to gain the competitive edge. The world will never settle for a church. That's already assimilated. You've got to be different to be noticed. You only notice different people. A guy was in a, a lineup, he got an airplane, and it was a long line, and he got tired of standing up on his two feet, and it is thrown upon his on both hands. That's it from the air. Everybody looked at him. He got their attention. You got to be different to gain the competitive edge, and you got to stand out from the ground where you are. In church, Dress for success. When a lady does not wear trousers, people take notice on any job. I worked for Suncor when I was working there, and the psychologist came by and the survey of the entire plant. I was in engineering, and they surveyed and they asked questions about women. And all the men responded, There are no women in this plant. They're all men. And this is why. They all wear boots and dress like men. And they said, We don't get up and give them seats because they dress like men. We want equal work for equal time. And they would not help them in anything they were doing. Lifting up valves and all that stuff, it would not help them. And so my boss in tech services said, No, ladies, you're all going to wear dresses from now on. You couldn't answer their band. On my plant side, they banned signatures from wearing trousers. I saw it with my own eyes. And we got that. They could not wear it at all. You know what? They want the women to dress for success. They said on the bus going to work, they would not get up and give the ladies a seat because they looked like men. They dressed like men. You don't believe it? Go by the gas station and have a little problem there. Dress in your pantsuit, ladies. And I promise you those men are going to pass you by. But you dress all like a feminine, like a lady. And every man going to come by and offer you a helping hand. And that's the honest truth. 
That's how it really is. So you dress for success. And go your own way. Don't go the way of the crowd. This is a philosophy you got to have. you got to be open to opportunity. See it and seize it. You have to work and accept change. Some folks don't like change. I was in my office today and, and I was talking to him. He looked at my picture, looked at me and said, Man, you were a lot more handsome than before. I said, That's why I don't like age. <laughs> it robs you of your beauty. But you got to be willing to live with change. Some folks can't live with change. you got to kill themselves over change. Hello. And also, we learn, if we're going to move forward, is to promote what makes us different. You don't give it up. You promote what makes you different. People only look at differences. They don't look at what's common. If you're common and ordinary, people will look at you. But if you're different, what's what happens? That's why young people are so attractive on internet and all that stuff. They do crazy stuff that no one else does and pretty soon adults on them because everybody watches them. Overnight they got 10 million followers. You know what? They're strange. People love strange stuff. Alright? And I'm so glad Christianity is strange. Our ways are so different. Alright? And take advantage of the market voids. There's something that others are not doing that we're going to do. We're going to do that. You see, when you pray, God has to talk to you and give you an edge. I don't know what you guys do when you pray, but when I go pray, these are the things God gives me in my telling me how to operate a church. And so I'm not too friendly with other people because this intimidates people. They want mediocrity, but it doesn't work. We're always searching for innovative ways. There's always a better way. I like the story about hot dog. I came into being. It used to be hot bun, but nobody wanted hot bun. But the guy changed the name to hot dog. And now it's not even weaning anymore. It's called hot dog. And everybody likes it. Every kid I know of wants hot dog. They don't want T-bone steak. They want hot dog. All right? And I also find that you always hang around people with faith. <laughs> there are people that give me headaches. I know two persons in my life that I could never talk to them. They give me headaches. They were, they were so negative. I mean, they give me instant headaches. Just to look at them and I got sick. It's an honest truth. I could not talk to them. Because they don't see nothing positive. And you're wasting your time. And you can even develop signals from that. Never settle for to be satisfied. Error. To be satisfied is to live the average. And you always hold yourself and everyone accountable. Now, I know that's where you lose friends and you influence people. When you hold people accountable. You know, if you make a promise to, to deliver, you better deliver. You better deliver. You've got no reason not to deliver. And you know you have that responsibility. You better do it. you got to get it done. In fact, get it done sooner than later. We did a couple of things in the states, and uh, and the church began to laugh in the colors, you know, and they were laughing and roaring, you know, the responses. But there's there's one group that that and the colorist says to be on time is to be late. Just to be on time is to be late. Now, if you ask me, go travel with me, folks. 
I'm a paranoid nut. I believe in being two hours early and sit and wait. You know, and those who procrastinate always give me headaches. People procrastinate give me headaches. You know, and I won't go any further beyond that. But I can't take it. I said, here's your ticket. I'm going this way. <laughs> See you at the end point <laughs> if you get there. But I'm not running in an airport. I'm not going to run. Praise God. All right? Quantify how you're doing. You know, what, what, if, if you're a boss, it's hard to be loved are doing because not everybody can take the truth. And that's dangerous. You know why? Because you never improve. I'll always teach when I, when I do seminars. I say, friend, your best friend is your enemy because they always try to hurt you so bad. They tell you what's wrong. And therefore you can correct it. We start telling people what the shortcomings are. It's, it's a personal vendetta. They think, well, you're going to kill them. Oh, I can't do nothing right. You know, all this stuff. I've heard it before. And they go off in a tangent. And they actually got a psychological phenomenon from that. So, but you know, always, amen. Hold yourself and others accountable. Quantify how you're doing. There's a time to weep for the church and time to happy with the church. Only if you quantify it. And I said, How many were in church? Well, Pastor, why do you want to know? Because I got my expectations. I want to live God. Did God, did you answer it? Well, Pastor, what is just a number? Well, to you, it's just a number, but to me, it's not. It means something to me, you know. You know, when you test that, it means a lot to me. And the older you get, the more it's true. <laughs> it means a lot to me. Don't touch that. Amen. All right. Always aim at the higher heights. Look for the high road. That's right. This is what God teach me when I pray, when I think about Him. And it says here, train. Good people from the ground up, because it's hard to teach from the top down. You know, I can't flip triangle. I'm saying, once a leader, always a leader. It's hard to be a steward. The the greatest part in this church is to be a servant. The greatest the greatest office in this church is not a leader; it's a servant. The job of a servant. It's hard for pastors to learn that. But we all know that. A servant is the highest position. Serving others. That's the best kind of thing. Alright? And train good people from the ground up and always promote from within. Someone also says, well, old broom knows the corner, but new brooms treat better. You can't just go trash the old for the new. Because the old room knows where the corners are. Now, my my auntie that I grew up with, and we, we boys had to learn to iron, had to learn to cook. And so if my wife don't show up, I can do my own ironing. I can do that. I really can. I can do my own cooking if I have to. I will not starve if she don't show up. <laughs> I can cook. Believe me, I can if I have to. I can sew. I had to. I could clean the floor. I know I do all that. I mean, I do it at home, but I know how. I was taught I had to do it. But you know what? I mean, maybe lost my thought now. <laughs> but I tell you, we we have to 
learn how to do things and do it right. Yes. And finish what you've started. Unfinished business. Drive God and me crazy. I mean, drive me crazy. I don't know about God, but drive me crazy. Everything the Bible says, and they finished the work. You know, it's better to do one thing and finish it than touch a hundred things and leave chaos. If you go to a factory, a factory, you know, it, it could be a place of confusion. And the best place in a factory is a showroom. The showroom is where everything's are finished. The finished part. You have any construction inside? Dirty, messy, and, and, and all that's going on. Because nothing's finished there. You can't make sense out of it. And I'll learn. You know? Finish one thing. Get it done right. Bring it back to God, and God will bless with it. Can you imagine having 25 different things you touch and leave it there pretty soon? It all can become rubbish. When I was in Nigeria, I saw many buildings that got started, and they never finished them. And you know what happened? They decayed. Even concrete decay left unfinished. That's amazing. That's amazing. And never take just enough. Take more than enough. Take more than enough. Because there's always those who come for whom nothing was provided. God is teaching us this. And so, deliver promises. You make a promise, deliver it. Whatever you got to do, go out of your way. Kill yourself if you have to, but do it. Make sure it happens. I made a promise, and David says, Blessed is the man that swears to his own hurt and does not repent. And also, monitor progress. That monitor it. We believe that even the ministry, some folks don't think you need to. I think you need to. You know, I know that. <laughs> God said, Well, now I'm not going to faithful servant. Because I said, I got five on your five. I got three on my three. And one says, No, I gave you back one. You gave me one. You make one. No, you can't do that. And I've also learned in the Spirit that you do not get rid of the old and to have a complete replacement of the new. You can't do it. God did not throw in the Old Testament until He brought in the new, complete, and ready to go. Ideas are good, but it's better to finish. I'd rather a finisher than an idea person. Why is that? Because it's the finisher we enjoy. You can live in the finished product. But an idea, that's what is an idea, it's also the beginning. All right? And then also, welcome diversity. Thank God I realize I can't be everything. I don't know everything. And dexterity is a thing that makes people are so wanted. Some guys, you know, to be a millwright, a millwright knows everything. I mean, what a millwright is. A millwright is a carpenter, he's a mechanic, he's a Christian, and boy, they're sure well using plant. Because they, they can switch all the plays. Not like me. I, I know I'm a one Jack Charlie. I know the one thing only. And that's it. Those, those millwrights, they're well versed. But you can also teach yourself diversity. Because the more you study, is the more you have to give. 
Hallelujah. That makes am I making sense? You guys look so strange at me. I should be talking like this. Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm sowing seeds. Some places vain, others can be good. I know that. I'm not stupid. I know that. But simply grab it and run with it. And, and become valuable with it. Alright? Alright. Treat everyone like an owner. Oh, I like that. I believe I, bless your sister, and how it feels. I believe whenever I have a project, I treat it as mine. Without ownership, you never give a proper product. You gotta own it. And wise company knows always make employee be shareholders. And now they're not working for so and so. They say this is mine. And WestJet, WestJet, you know how those people behave? The pilot jump out of that seat and start fixing the chairs. I've never seen that. No, Air Canada. <laughs> Real Maple Leaf look. Walk by the track and leave it right there. Pilot goes out that door. The plane can't start off on time. Is that right? Well, those guys, you know what? Because they are stakeholders. They may become partnerships. You know, and if we're labor, if we're laborers with Christ, I can stay for a long time. All right, decentralize. The best thing I could ever do for anybody is to teach them how not to need me. Some folks like dependence. Wrong. Well, you know what you're doing, don't you? You want to be the king forever. But if you have a situation in your life or a skill, and we got to wait till you're here to get it done, then you're not very effective. The only way you can test, my boss and our company should do this, that I worked for, even when I was in Edmonton, the boss would go away and see who can sit in that chair. And when he comes back, he must not find the same way he left it. It must be better than. And those are deliberate absentees. Because they know that the future of the company depends on cross-pollination. That making sense? You know? And even parents can make kids dependent on them. Our kids can. It's okay, Roger's good. We'll fly. <laughs> It's all right. It's like the Roger be over. Don't worry about it. It's good enough. You understand? All right. But, you know, and you can reward those as performance. Performance. You know, I, I, I realize you folks in church are very good at this. You're good at helping me. You are very good. And, and you give me work that are first class, but it's not my work. It's their work. I may not even be the presenter of it, but they are. Because you do the work, nobody has to present it. Doesn't mean you have to be upstage, but still, you are an integral part of it. Hello? Now, I should talk to you about this, but I will. You know, today, they said that Germany whipped Brazil. And you know why they whipped them? Because the two stars was not involved. That'll always be the excuse. So they were never a team. 
There are never a what? A team. They always depend on so-and-so to do it. And when so-and-so is not there, the whole things collapse. Bad. No church would run that way. No systems would run that way. From Sunday school up to the ministry should never run that way. And people understand that. Open up the door to diversities. All right? And they feel a strong sense of partnership. You're never in competition. God teaches that. In the kingdom of God, it's always complementary. It's always complementary. You know? I keep talking about a young man I heard last week at a youth service and seven out the Holy Ghost. I can rejoice over that. Hello? Have I ever preached and sing my Holy Ghost? I doubt it. <laughs> Does that mean I should feel bad? Absolutely not. Seven that's in the kingdom of God. If you're kingdom minded, it's not about you and me, it's about Him. It's in prayer. You have to get that kind of spirit. That's how J.W. think. That's how Mormon thinks. Hello? That's how Pentecostal needs to think. That we can get along. <laughs> I see you laughing here. You know, I was just thinking, we're going to have vacation after school. What's well, not those two people's work? It's everybody's work. Everybody gets behind. Oh, boy. Thank you. Is everybody work? In other words, if you don't teach, you you, you can you can feed the pond. You got friends with kids. Hello. All right, come to close. Also, it's all about building strong relationships. You pray. You're always striving for greatness. Lord, I want to be great. I want to be used of God. I want to be great, not for the sake of better than you. I want to be great for God. Let's all stand. Listen to this. Keep communication fluid. Look at some friend. I don't care how skillful you are if you cannot communicate with the next person. It's as if you're not even there. I was in Edmonton and I'm to teaching I went to a Toastmasters conference. I don't know why I should go there, but I went there. And they, they teach you how to speak. They teach you how to talk. My friend Wayne Mitchell went to one. They said he was an introvert. So he realized his need, that he's got to communicate. He had the largest church in Illinois and still is the largest church. When the wrong guy had his church, the church almost dropped down to half. half. When the right guy got back in like Wayne Mitchell, he went right back up and he's still another head. So you see, it does matter on leadership. But if you cannot communicate, whether in a family, on the job, in the office, if you can't take time to get your ideas across, doesn't matter how good your ideas, they ain't worth a flip. I'm going to die with you. You gotta ask God to help you to be a good communicator, and that's why God asked Moses. I mean, Moses asked. God to help him to do so. I can't communicate. He said, well, I know that. Well, I'll, I'll give somebody to help you communicate. If you know you can't communicate, admit it. And get help. Get somebody who can talk. And then they got some people, they got the gift of just gab. They can they can gab and just gab. <laughs> I mean, they can tell a lot of it sound like truth. <laughs> okay.
You're so well polished. I must one day play for you a Nigerian letter. No nation in the world can write letters like they can. It sounds like epistles. The, the choice of word, it's just phenomenal. You know, that's the truth. I'm not giving a hard time. It's the truth. The way they can put words together. All right, but to communicate. You know, if you huff and puff, it's on the phone. It's pushed on the phone. You don't want to do that because you, you represent the church on the phone. You can't tell people off. You can't just slam the phone out on people. You got to put your best voice on. You got to put your best courtesy on. You know. And I'll I'll learn one telling telephone numbers because some of my rattle on because I know what I want to say and I'm assuming they know what I want to say but I don't know what I'm saying. I says seven. I'll do this. I don't know this. Seven, eight. Zero. You want know to do this? I'll slow myself down to make sure they can what? Hear me. Because there are people that does that to me from far and don't know a word they have said. And they didn't communicate to me. But communication is a panacea. Amen. Now, if you're going to teach me how to play music and you're going to slap me in the finger, then I may punch you back. Don't, don't start hissing at me. Then try to make me feel stupid. Bye. Don't come back. <laughs> I understand that. Slow down. And when you're in a teacher's chair, you're like a nurse. You take that time and explain it. Now I understand bilingual problems when people in church, and I'm just rattling it off, and they can't understand what I'm saying. You know, but at that time when I read, they're in the crowd, but they'll tell you, why well, bother coming to church? I don't know what you're saying. Those words you use, I don't know what they mean. Right? Be fluid. And next thing is, all right, involve Peter from the top to the bottom, from the bottom to the top. Also, keep up with the times. Now, I can't say I'm theologically savvy. And you know why? I become dependent on special people in our church that are skillful at it. Once you're skillful, we back off. We age in time. We left me behind a hundred years. And they're good at it. And I understand that. People are good at it. Just let them do it. Amen. But sometimes necessity will make you have to step in the role. Because the buck stops at you if you see the problem. We're talking about praying, church. When you pray, what does God say to you? You know, God talking to you through this right now. And telling you how we have a philosophy in our life that we live by, and then my pastor always says, "You got a philosophy in life, you'll never have to make a decision. It's already made. It's worse than done." Ask God, Lord, help me to grow smart. Help me, Lord, to be patient in difficult times. Help me to exploit opportunities. Help me to grow intentionally. Help me to live up to the core values. That is right. Help me to protect your brand of theology. Lord, I want you to help me, God, to work smarter. Let me put it this way. Can you believe this? I know of a situation in an area of a district, right, where... Uh, 
some newcomers came in and they know all, all the truth. They didn't know all the truth. And so the women don't dress right. They don't dress right. And so they got those who are the standard bearers. Those standard bearers are those that see the fall pretty quick. And they don't see the problem there. That's fine. They, they should see the problem. Because we all can see it. And then how come that guy didn't make them do this and do this and do that and do that? Well, there's always a room for adjustments. After me. <laughs> I was a new convert. I know what con new convert comes in with. Wild and crazy. Don't know anything about the house of God. We don't use knife and fork. We eat with the, with the hands. <laughs> my, my, my wife taught my, my niece how to walk in heels. And she was like this. Now, last time I saw her, she was walking well balanced and poised. She used to chew in a certain way, that real choppy, you know. <laughs> was she married then? She was married. Now she's married. And I said, Oh, don't chew like that. Here's how you chew. And the teacher, the, the mannerism, the ethics. And in a, in a nice, fun way. And now she's different. Sure, now you wouldn't know. That's not how she started. She was groomed. And I thought, you know, when you guys up here meeting, whether it's a men's meeting or a ladies meeting, why not use an opportunity, a teaching moment, and, 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 and bring it out in a less intrusive, hello, condemning way, and make it be a teaching manner and show and educate, educate, and give people time to adjust. Right? To adjust. And then when they adjust, because, you know, God's not going to panic in heaven with them. <laughs> it's, it's still God. And you know what, folks? Here's the nice part. The, the system is okay. We'll put a show on. And we'll, we'll invite all those who we know have this problem. They can't come. We'll sponsor them and bring them there. And then we'll demonstrate them how things work and how nice it is. It's a positive presentation. In other words, it might be my birthday, but don't slap me with the cake. Cut the cake really nice, and I'll eat it. But like that for dinner, I'm not going to eat it. It's going to be a bad, bad, bad situation. Does that make sense? So, when we pray, ask God to give you a philosophy to live by. I go places, my friend says, come with me, says, no, I can't go. Why not? Well, what's wrong with it? I said, for you, nothing. <laughs> go. I'm, I'm going to go home. It's my philosophy. I'm going to live by it. Because you know what? i got to go home with me. i got to sleep with me. I know the voice you're talking to me. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you have a need tonight, you want God to answer that need in prayer, would you raise your hands? All right? Because you raised those, we'll hold those hands up. Unashamedly, because we'll put our hands up here. We're going to pray tonight and ask God to meet those needs and to give you a philosophy of life. And that, that you know that He heard you before you pray. He's not going to condemn you. He does not criticize you. He will not make fun of you. I want you to talk to God right now and tell Him with your